Hey MW, it's Melissa and Stephanie Kurkache, two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women and your host of Millennial Women Talk. We're so grateful you're sharing your time with us today. By tuning into this episode, you're investing in becoming the best version of you and we are thrilled to be on this journey together. Marina Bulatkina is a model and designer changing the way women view their bodies and creating a line that actually fits the modern woman of today. Marina teaches us how to own our confidence and love and accept our bodies. And in her own words, if you can't find it, design it. There were so many insightful moments on this episode, but here are some of our favorites. Because nobody is born as a professional, you have to learn that. Even if you look at, uh, you know, the most professionals in their life, they were not born like this. They had to build yourself. I always speak as the same as if you're learning business, right? You go and learn from people who succeeded in business, right? You learn these stories, you get inspired. Same with, I think, with body positivity. You find somebody who is promoting happiness and enjoying life. Okay, MW, the journey to getting closer to the best you starts right now. Marina, we are so excited to have you on this podcast. You are doing such amazing, amazing work in your modeling career with your fashion line. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm honored. I'm honored to be on the podcast. Let's take it from the very beginning. Tell us your story about how you came to America. How did you get into modeling? Tell us the whole journey. Okay, so I was in college in Siberia. I grew up in a small scientific town in a very cold city in Siberia called Novosibirsk. And after graduating college, I moved to New York. I fell in love with New York, basically. It was such a big city. I came there for summer. I saw so many people, so many possibilities. And I really fell in love with the city, the vibe, and I decided to move. So uh, that year that I moved, I basically moved with no English. I <laughs> was able to say, hi, my name is Marina. I'm from Russia. <laughs> So, and I found a job for myself as a bartender. It was easy because uh, gin and tonic is international words. So it was kind of easy for me. I was working on Times Square. I was basically asking people, like, what do you do? Tell me what do you do? And um, I was searching stories and was trying to find myself what I would like to do in my life. And I met so many interesting people with different professions, passions, and that was for me, I was trying to find what would be attractive for me. And I found, I met a girl who was in fashion and um, I signed up for fashion classes for to be a fashion stylist and um, FIT, uh, Fashion Suit of Technology in Manhattan. So I was 22 years old. I started, assisted a stylist who uh, at the first photo shoot that I was like bringing bags from Dolce Gabbana, Gucci <laughs> for the photo shoot. She told me, what are you doing here? You should be a plus model. Um, I had no idea plus model existed wow. because being, I grew up, you know, tall, big girl. I did skiing. I was on a slalom team in my city. Uh, so it was something for me that I could never, you know, I could never think of as a, as a profession 
uh, or you know for myself so but I it was interesting I was always in theater I did dancing so I decided to google who are plot <laughs> models <laughs> and first time in, in my life I saw an image of a girl who looked like me and and she was in magazines she was in catalogs so it was it was interesting I really I got interested and um I went to a few agencies. Uh, there was Ford, there was Wilhelmina, and it was um, some other agents. It was three back then who had division of plus models. And all of them said, yes, you can do that, but you have to build the portfolio. You, you never took professional photos. So I really, I took my time to read about it. I took my time to study, to understand what it is. And at the same time, I had my first baby. Oh, wow. And uh, I started working with the agency when I was 20, 24. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So I started on modeling. <laughs> what a story, Marina. It's it's so inspiring to hear your journey and to, and to come and see all the possibilities in America and really do something actionable to make, to make it happen and to figure out what is it that you want to do with your life. It's amazing. I kind of want to take it into the, the beginning stages of modeling, right? How, how easy or how hard was it for you in the beginning to, to break through? You know, you got an agent and then did you get a lot of auditions? and then started booking how was that journey for you as a professional at this point for me it was I couldn't understand that I, I really I am a model because it takes some time to you have to first believe in yourself and then people will believe that you are really that professional right, right. and they will trust your photo shoot they will trust you representing the brand so it took me some time to adjust in that way and um, also I remember telling people that I'm a model. They were like, what? <laughs> it was just the beginning because no, no many people knew about it, right. about the industry. And um, I had to explain, okay, yes, I model clothes for bigger people. And they were like, oh, okay, okay. So, and now these days we don't have to, we don't have to tell, uh, you know. Right. Uh, you don't have to explain yourself that you're mo you're a plus model or you're a model. It's just a model. Right. And everybody exactly. knows, yes, there's so many women are represented now. It's great. So, and um, for me, it was the, uh, I remember doing my first photo shoots. And uh, when you do full body image, so it was easy for me naturally because I did ballroom dancing. I was great with moves. I was confident. Even I was size 14, I was always like confident with my body thanks to my ballroom dancing years. But the headshots, it was a disaster. <laughs> um, you're sitting and then somebody brings the camera right in like into your eyes and you have to be relaxed. <laughs> you have to be natural. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it took me a few years to learn that. But yeah, that, that was um, probably the toughest competition. And all, also this job, it sounds very glamorous. If you travel, you get best hotels, you wear nice clothes. But back in the days, uh, all the clothes was huge. We always were pinned and, you know, you have tons wow. of like clips on the back. So make it look like you get this and then they pin you. So you look like this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so lots of pinning, lots of people saying no to you. Sometimes it's, you know, your type doesn't work for this company. They're looking for brunette, not blonde. And, and But you have to take it not personally. You just think, okay, it's, you know, it's work, it's business. 
but some I know some models it was hard for them. Um, you always you know you always compare yourself to another girl who was hired for the job and you're not. So I think I learned how to be strong these years, how not take things personally, and um, you know you did the casting, you forgot about it. Yeah, you, right. You know if it's yes, you hear about it. If it's no, next. Right. That's <laughs> such a great mentality to have, and you know you touched on a couple things that I want to talk about. You touched on first, when you're going to start something, you have to believe it, right? Within yourself. And that's with anything. And then you talked about confidence, right? Which is something that so many of us struggle with, just confidence and acceptance ultimately of your body. Did you ever struggle? I know you said ballroom encouraged you to be confident, but did you ever struggle with your body image in any way, shape or form? I think I did, all, I did all the struggles when I was a teenager because in a ballroom dancing group in Russia, uh, all the girls were skinny and, you know, cute, tiny, and I was tall and, you know, <laughs> strong. So I did my struggles back in the days. Right, <laughs> and then right. I learned that, you know what, I'll find my partner, a dance partner. We will be performing anyways. So same, I think I brought it to modeling. I knew I'm going to get my clients. I know I'm going to get my jobs and I have to build, believe in myself because nobody is born as a professional. You have to learn that. Even if you look at, uh, you know, the most professionals in their life, they were not born like this. They had to build yourself. And the best thing is that you can change your life. You can learn. If you learn every day, if you learn every year, you can continue to educate yourself. You continue, you know, to believe yourself. You can achieve great, great results. Yeah. Because yeah. I heard, you know, the big first years, every single casting was no for me. Because I didn't know what I was doing. And either for me, it was um, two ways. Either to quit mm -hmm. or to continue. Yeah. And then I, I read this phrase that you already have a no. There, what if there's a possibility to get yes? Right, right. Yeah. Let's, let's try. And the confidence is something, growing up in Russia, confidence was something bad. Mm. If you're confident, it means you think you're better than others, but it's not, it's not the same. It's not, it's being, know your worth, being, know who, who you are and um, being, know what's your strength yes. and keep going. Yes, mm. because it's true. Sometimes people think confidence is like ego, right? Mm, right. But yeah. true confidence comes from what you just said, which is knowing your worth, knowing your value. And I love that. I also, what I love about you is that you exude this, like, obviously confidence, but this beauty. And that has been able to, I feel, help so many people. Because when we look at imagery, right, um, it's not that skinny or plus size or curvy. None of them are right or wrong, right? It's just more so a lack of representation that there is for all these sort of women. Um, and, you know, we do have this in us as women. Like, we we want to see ourselves in other people because in a way that kind of makes us feel accepted, right? And you do that so amazingly with your pictures because you just exude happiness, confidence, beauty. So I want to say thank you for that. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, I think we did a huge progress in the industry. I remember 
in 2014, we started a project with my friend who's a photo- fashion photographer, Victoria Janishvili. We, uh, she started thinking about publishing a book because he had lots of images of glamour images of different body types, different women. And she said, what if we put it as a project? Yes. Uh, so I really, I got inspired and uh, we did a really nice publication uh, together. We did the promo and it was the very, very first time, I think, in media. Um, I don't know if you remember this. It was December 2014. Yes. Uh, every single news outlet, Cosmo, L, Daily Mail UK, Huffington Post posted our pictures, me and Denise Bido. We yes. were painted white I remember this. This is the curves, the book, right? That you're talking about. Yes, I do remember. And um, I, uh, people, we got so many responses from women all around the world Mm -hmm. saying thank you for doing this. And um, I had a son. He was at school. I think he was in first or second grade. I was so scared to tell um, (laughs) to tell moms. What am I doing? What am I'm, I was doing? And uh, one mom saw it on the because it was all over the media, and she said, "I think I saw you." Oh my gosh! I hope you because it's such a good um, cause that you did this. Thank yeah. you for. I have three wow. kids. Thank you for representing me. Wow. Yes. yes, we that we also deserve to be you know glamorized, not only if you super skinny and super tall. Totally. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's that's so powerful. And I do remember seeing those images all over the internet. And it really was powerful because it does give you the sense of like, hey, that's just me. The same way that when you go to Europe and you see these paintings of women that are not skinny whatsoever, you feel like, wow, like you feel you can stand proudly, right? Yeah. And it's it's nice yeah. to see yourself, you know, in in yeah, someone else who represented just like yourself. Yeah, and I think it's such a relief to see that we all are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I think I had a huge luck uh, to be born in the family when my mom was she has the same body type as me mm. and she was all, she never criticized her, herself she never saw said and that I'm oh my body is too wide or like oh I don't like my arms I never heard this in my life growing up mm-hmm. and I think this also she taught me that never talk bad about myself mm. always love yourself no matter what no matter what stage of your life you are because you you know I got pregnant I had uh I had a different body after I had my baby I had second baby I was Mm -hmm. breastfeeding and your body is changing and I think it's important to love yourself no matter what stage of life you are and um this was one of the blessings that I had to have my mom just to see an example. Right. Uh, she loved to try different clothes. Either, you know, if she would come to the store and, uh, oh, they, they they say, we don't have your size. So she's like, okay, I'll go another store. Yeah. <laughs> so she <laughs> made them, she never let them make herself feel bad mm. that she's the wrong size. Mm. Never. 
the salesperson to say, oh, we don't carry your size. Sorry. Like, she's like, okay, right. see you. Right. <laughs> so she took it very positively. And yes, of course, we all have these days when we feel low. These days I'm trying to do either sport, dancing, lift me up so crazy. Like still, <laughs> watching or going dancing or putting makeup on. It's like this little techniques that I'm using to lift myself up. Mm. And um, yeah, having a great husband. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Because it's even to the smallest of things, you know, like putting on a little bit of makeup. I know that helps me a lot too on days totally. where I'm not feeling 100% my best. But, you know, I want to yeah. talk a little bit about the term, you know, body positivity, right? So we've been hearing this a lot in the media and social media all over the place. And I would love to know from your perspective, what does body positivity mean to you? Uh, body positivity, I think it's loving yourself and always also thinking, not just, okay, I'm loving and I'm, you know, pretending. It's really right. being healthy, being do your best and um, being happy. Yes. Mental health is also very, very important. And I think these two things are connected. It doesn't depend on your size, but it does depend on your inner feeling of your mental, uh, like um, how you feel in this moment. Right, right. It's very, very connected. I know if I feel low, it's just, okay, I go for a run, mm -hmm. boom, great. Right. Recently, we spoke to um, a therapist and we were actually very surprised because when we had asked her, like, what are the main reasons that women are coming to you? And she actually said their body image. And that was very shocking because we feel that it's mostly what we're hearing about is depression, anxiety. But she was saying, yeah, those are true, but it's mostly surrounded by body image, which is. Yeah, yeah, it, it's true. It's one of the biggest issues. And I think it's good to learn from um, people who have positive mindset. Mm -hmm. Same is I always speak as the same as if you're learning business, right? You go and learn from people who succeeded in business, right? You learn these stories, you get inspired. Same with, I think, with body positivity. You find somebody who is promoting happiness and enjoying life. Yeah, yeah. From a positive example. That's what um, I think you should. It's like a mindset. You have to set your mind for this. And you know, little like um, little things that makes you happy. Repeat them. Repeat yeah. them every day. This pra little practices. Do you feel like the fashion industry is allowing more women like you and just real women in general to be represented more in the industry? Yes, I think fashion industry finally realized there's so many customers that they have to serve. It's fashion exists. Not not customers exist for fashion industry. Right. I think fashion industry is existing to serve the needs of um, of people. And they finally realized, oh, there's so many different women, so many brands, um, so many startups. And the great thing, I think, about our generation is we can start a brand. You can do a startup. Mm -hmm. And this digital era, you can enter any, you know, company and said okay i want to start a clothing line yep. if you have a great mindset if you know what you're doing if you know your customers and you can put things together mm -hmm. you can accomplish you can really create a clothing brand they will serve the niche yep right 
totally. Right. So it's not just like three people now who are doing fashion and they tell us how to look. Right, right, right. So exactly. it's basically, yeah, I because I work with small companies as well. And um, there's one genius brand from Belgium. They, uh, this, she's my client and she became my friend. <laughs> she started um, jeans company, denim company. And she said, I couldn't find jeans for myself. So I went to the factory. I found the pattern maker. We found the best type of denim fabric. And here we are. We have a jeans line. For a taller women, for for curvier women, I don't understand why it didn't exist before. Right, like we sold out so many, we sold out a few styles like in seconds. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's the benefit, and that's how amazing I think our generation, the, the time that we live in. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a it's a perfect segue to talk about your clothing line and your brand, you know, and I think that it's amazing because it's it's very courageous of you to to first of all to start a business, it's it's you have to be brave to do it. But to start a clothing line in particular and a niche one at that, it's you have to have a lot of courage to do that. So first and foremost, thank you for for setting the tone and opening up so many opportunities for other women. Um, but also, I would love to know how you got started in starting your brand and your clothing line. So for me, the phrase, if you can't find it, design it, is yeah. very important. Because growing up in Siberia, I couldn't find a lot of things for myself. So <laughs> me and my mom, <laughs> we would go to fabric store and just make, we used to make everything. Wow. So from winter jacket to to my ballroom dancing dresses. Wow. Uh, yes, because we would get all the supplies from China. All sizes were super small, and I couldn't. I was I wasn't able to dress up myself for school for events. It was basically nothing. So my mom really taught me to be creative. <laughs> uh, yeah, and when I moved to United States, I was like, oh. We have everything. I don't need to worry about nothing anymore. I just go to the store and I can buy anything. But after working for many plus brands and, of course, shopping for myself, I realized I still cannot find this uh, classic dresses, classic elegant uh, dresses in my size. Either everything would be too small for me because I'm five, eight and a half. I'm taller than average. Mm-hmm. and um, all the like if you look at the straight size lines they are usually made for shorter a little bit shorter women right. and they made on the on a mannequin size six and graded for like for bigger size they grade them in computer mm. and proportions a little bit a little bit off usually so like my waist would be here yeah thin strap even if i fit you know that would be very unproportionate with plus size brands, they are usually created on the mannequin size 18 with really big shoulders. Because I, I saw the process, because uh, I work with so many companies, I saw this uh, this process. And then when they grade it down to my size 14, it's still the proportions are a little bit off. And I thought right. there are so many women on the market who have the same problem as I do. And we basically, I, I was so lucky to meet amazing pattern maker. And we spent so many hours together just creating a new fit for a bit curvier women uh, a little bit taller and she even she she had a huge experience working for so many brands she was she was telling me oh marina are you sure you want to do this this is not how we do it this is not how we used to do it right and i said yes but women look different now 
we're not the, our standards also changed our bodies changed from what it used to be in 70s right it used to be in totally. 80s when those uh, books were written about pattern maker pattern makers so right. i said let's do it from you know let's let's create something by doing let's try it on different models let's try on different women and we will figure it out if our new pattern fits so we were, we spent so many hours so many days I would say a couple of years, <laughs> really, crafting and a nice fitted patterns. We created about seven styles, dresses, did all kind of, um, made in different sizes, did many, many fittings. Um, and we realized, so we, we got very good responses from, from the girls who had the same problem as I did. They said, yes, look, your dresses fit me nicely. I don't have to take away inches in a waist or you know it's not tight in a hips anymore mm-hmm. it fits so we basically um created a new pattern that was like the biggest um challenge for me i did the photo shoot i know how to you know do this um make it a nice image but uh, this real craft of um pattern making and uh, designing was new to me so I, working with a pattern making, grading company and factory, that's like a, putting a puzzle together. To yeah, get the I can imagine. Yeah, because I mean, everything that you're saying kind of would probably tell, especially people that are interested more so in the mass production of things like, oh, that's too difficult, right? But then it's like you're underserving so many women, the majority of women, right? Even just the average, at least in America, is a size 14, right? Yes, average American woman is size 14. Yes. And as soon as I we finished the designs and we took pictures with my photo- friend photographer Victoria <laughs> again, we put the images up, we start getting orders. That was amazing. That was really really amazing to to see the women try to try them on and saying I never had such a good quality garment in my life. Yeah. Because I couldn't find it in my size. Size 18 and, and 20. Yeah. You know, Mel and I, so our family comes from Cuba. So we have hips that don't lie and they're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like us, there's many women, but we definitely feel underserved. So, you know, we can find pants that fit our hips, but not our waist. And it's always such a mission. And also, you know, I've definitely fluctuated a lot within my weight. And when I was, you know, more so on the plus size um, numbers, I would definitely find clothing, but it would be in Forever 21 or like a lot of these places that the quality was just not there. And when I wanted to find good quality, it, it was just where to go, where do I go? Um, talk to us a little bit about where you manufacture your clothes from by Marina Bulatkina, because I think your dresses are so beautiful. Beautiful. They really and are. The quality, you can tell that the quality is there. Yes, yes. I'll be happy to send you a couple of dresses. So oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Merry oh. Christmas for us. <laughs> oh, we're so Merry excited. <laughs> So there was an interesting task in front of me when I started my line. I used to travel to China a lot where I was working for a brand. And I thought, let me t- let me try to place my production production in China and see how, you know, how it goes. Because it's right. very low price, very tempting. 
So when you start a brand, you want everything to be perfect. You want like little details that matter. Details matter. So, and your pattern is really, really important. So I did try around when in China and um, I didn't get the product that I expected that on the level of the quality that I wanted. And also to get a good product, you have to be there. You have to control every step to make sure you get the product that you want, that nobody else is making decisions for you during that process of making the, the garments. Uh, so, and then we realized we have to find the production in America. And uh, luckily we have garment district in Manhattan. We, found, we tried a few factories. This factory was the best quality that I could ever expect. We received our samples they were amazing, amazing. I was really lucky to find them. Also, uh, Zach Posen makes his garments on the same factory. Rag and Bone, Veronica Beard. So really good American designers who make some of the designs in America. They use this particular factory. And I thought, since I'm putting my name on the label, the product has to be good. Yes, yeah. yeah. So we, I was really you know, particular about it has every single, you know, stitch. I was writing down the details. Okay, this has to be a French thing. This has to be two millimeters instead of five millimeters, you know. So when when a result was, it was totally worth it. Yes, it was totally worth it. That's, That's awesome. awesome. How did you get started with, with, you know, especially manufacturing in America is a lot more costly than manufacturing in China. How were you able to financially get your business up and running? Was that something that you self-funded? Did you have help, investors, for anybody out there that's looking to do high-quality products such as yourself? What's the best advice? How, how did you get started? So that I'll answer a few um, questions that you have in, in uh, your question. So first, when you work with China or any manufacturers overseas, the quantities are very high. They want the minimums are very high. It's about like hundred pieces per per style. So you're gonna end up with like a, a thousand units of merchandise, and if it's not made well, problem. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why that was another. That was another reason why I decided to place my production in um, in America because the minimum quantities are lower. Yes, of course, the price is higher, but in the end, it's the, like you want a good product rather than just high quantities for cheap price. The second part is I had some savings and I was working as a model and basically everything that I was making, I was invent- investing into my company. Wow. Investing in samples, investing different to try different fabrics so there was the fundings i tried to find some investments i even asked for a very small amount i was asking like for thirty thousand dollars and because i didn't have um the company yet i didn't have anything people would want it 70 percent of my company mm. <laughs> i was like yeah. no <laughs> so it was very yeah there was no you know there was a no-brainer that I cannot, you know, take this money. So we decided to uh, self-fund with my husband together and, uh, you know, produce the first round of our dresses. Yes. And then we were selling and, you know, some money were coming in. Then you have to reinvest it. Yep. So it's, um, yeah, it's starting the company. I, this is something that I've never done before. So. 
as more that I do, I learn how to do it and what not to do, which is also important. And I think with <laughs> anything you want to, you want to, you know, be this professional, that professional, you have to do it. Even if you don't know what you're doing, just, you know, try to find the best way, but you have to start, you have to try, you have to, you know, move it. Yeah, absolutely. That's so great. You know, it's funny because back in the days, we would need to take that opportunity that with that person that wants 75% because, you know, that was the only options. But today, it's so beautiful that we have other options. And, you know, going back to what you said earlier on in this conversation, we are living in such great times. I want to know, so what's next for you and what's next for the line? What are some of the things you're getting excited about? So for me, I still continue to work as a model uh, and I start working for some biggest Russian clients. So I go back home <laughs> <laughs> and I work there too and I continue to work in the U.S. Uh, for my line, uh, my line is sold now in Soho in Manhattan. So exciting. Yes. <laughs> yes. A called Flying Solo. Uh, they carry independent designers and my line is represented there. So whoever wants to try it on, to experience, to see how it fits, how it feels, um, I welcome everybody. I'm there on the weekends usually. And uh, during the week, they have amazing, amazing salespeople who will show you, who will, you know, you try everything on. And they have also great accessories. Uh, it's a good place to to shop. Really, really good. So yes, and we, I work with a few stylists. We dress dress up celebrities for appearances, and it's really. They also tell me it's really hard to find somebody who makes designs um, above size sixteen. It's really yeah. hard. So, That's amazing. If you have, I have worked with stylists. Yeah, they have celebrities. They also in they wear different sizes. That's so. They cool. really, they, we struggle. Yeah, and I try to, I try to create something new always. I try to, I always send them like, this is all my samples. Please try them on. <laughs> this is what I'm, I'm excited to continue creating the dresses. Now I got approached from a bridal um, salons. They yes. say we have nothing to go to plus um, brides. Everything we have that makes them, you know, look bigger or uncomfortable. You understand what you really have a good understanding what's um, the proportions. Let's try a few uh, to make a few uh, bridal gowns. So I'm working on that now. Too. Oh, that's so exciting! Oh, that's so great because honestly, yes, that is an area an industry that needs a lot of that attention. I feel like that has been ignored completely, if I'm not mistaken. I think that you would be pioneering something pretty extraordinary in the bridal community. Um, no, there's no representation there at all. I don't think I've seen. No, anything like that. That's we're so, so excited for you. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes, I also went myself to this bridal salon to see maybe I find something that uh, you know they would be proportional. It's really, it's I think fit and proportions is the key to a good garment. Yes. So oh, absolutely. If you understand the fit, if you understand the proportions, you're good. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Marina, I would love to know if there's any advice that you can give to millennial women about body positivity, confidence, um, and even just starting a business, what would it be? The advice that I would give if 
is always remember your worth, remember what's good about you, keep it in mind and don't let anybody to tell you anything else. Um, the business is the the best advice is to try, to try to do it, learn, you know, to read, to read, to study as much as you can, but to try to to learn. That's the that's amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, <laughs> Marina, for your time. It was such a pleasure speaking with you today. <laughs> it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn more about Marina and her amazing clothing line, please follow her on Instagram at Marina Bulatina. Subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify. Ladies, this helps us continue to bring you powerful conversations just like this to you every single week. Are you looking for free and discounted resources? Sign up right now to our free newsletter at wearemillennialwomen.com for subscriber-only freebies and perks to help you become the best version of yourself. We encourage you to continue on with the conversation. Keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW. Always love Melissa and Stephanie Kirkache.